This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. You can stick it to the man and big tech. Join our FTL social mastodon at social.freetalklive.com. What's up, everyone? This is another fantastic episode of Liberty at Night with Nate and Charlie on the Free Talk Live network. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. For fees of less than a penny per transaction, Dash is made for spending. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized EMEA protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. Thanks to Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month for this sponsorship. It's easy to get and use Dash, and you can learn more at Dash.org. That's Dash.org. Well, this is, as I said, Nate and Charlie with uh, Liberty at Night, but we also go by another name. It's a Good Morning Liberty. We do a brand new show every single day of the week, except for today, really, because of all this uh, freaking snow that's coming through the country right now. But anyway, let's get in to this episode. How's it going today? Well, currently digging a tunnel. Our resident Jew tunnel expert yep. over here. Currently digging a tunnel under my own house. Okay. To try to figure out. Just see if you can link up. Just see, yeah. I got you. We can all connect. All right. Well, we can uh, we can talk about that here in a, here in a minute, and, and maybe we'll mention how weird the year is. It's only January 9th right now. We got aliens in Miami, Jew tunnels in New York, and and here we are stuck in the middle with the Fed Haters Club. Uh, you can join by going to joingml.com for as little as $7 mm-hmm. a month. It used to be 6 I warned you for about two years that it was going to go up, and it did go up. All right. Inflation. It's a hell of a thing. And the real libertarian fee went up as well, because if you're going to pay one time... We need it to be worth like several years of paying monthly. Okay, yeah. that's just that's just the bottom line right there. Because that's how we pay that's the bottom. Line. That's how we pay the bills around here. Okay, it's by the Fed Haters Club coming and hanging out with us every day. So if you want to do that, go to joingml.com. I told Charlie we were going to speculate wildly about some stuff today. I'm I'm not uh, overly prepared for today. I've been working on the uh, show f- for the radio show. Uh, and uh, cutting clips and stuff. Did you for say that. Liberty at Night? No, because I've already got a whole show Gold put together. Dern. This isn't for the radio. Oh, so I, unless we want it to be for the radio, we can make it for that. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, there's a. Do you want to get right into the tunnels, or do you want to talk about some of the other news first? We when, can talk about the other stuff. When first. would you like yeah. to speculate wildly about? Mm. Okay, so let's talk about real news. Undercover FBI agent Ray Epps <laughs> got <laughs> he got sentenced. Uh, today, and he's going to get a year of probation, mm. That's, which is a very typical sentence for people that were involved in the yeah. January 6th insurrection. Most from people what have I said, hey, tell. let's go in. Yeah. They all got Like the people you actually probation. got on video telling people to go into the building and, and uh, maybe telling someone to take down a barricade and stuff like that. Those people got let off the hook pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so Ray Epps is one of those guys. Now, the reason I wanted to talk about this is it's not that I have any proof that Ray Epps was an informant 
or anything like that. It's it's just the fact that he was an informant. It's just the um, all roads lead to no, him being an informant. Now the funny part is is the the way that the media has just been has made this guy into a victim. Remember we talked about that I think a lot last year how the media has made him into a victim when anything else that involves January 6th, which is the worst day in American history uh, that I can recall, yeah. of course, well, I mean, the I, day the democracy died. Yeah, I mean, it was the it was definitely the day that the world ended, from what we can tell. We mm-hmm. just had an anniversary of that day. And anytime you talk about that day, of course, it's the, de- it's the death of democracy. It's just like 9-11 and Pearl Harbor, stuff like that. But when the media talks about Ray Epps, they have to defend him with their very last breath every time. Because the media always shapes the way that you think about a story mm-hmm. by the words that they choose and their headlines and then their articles. And when they talk about Ray Epps... They try to make him into a victim every single time. Like this article title from AP, Ray Epps, a target of January 6th conspiracy theories, gets a year of probation for his Capitol riot role. And you go to the first paragraph here, a man targeted by right-wing conspiracy theories about the U.S. Capitol riot was sentenced on Tuesday to a year of probation for joining the January 6, 2021 attack by a mob of fellow Donald Trump supporters. But just think about the way that they frame the story right there. He's not, uh, they could have easily rewritten that paragraph or written the paragraph to say, a Jan 6 insurrectionist who was caught on tape telling people to go into the Capitol and potentially telling people to take down barricades while wearing an insurrectionist MAGA hat the whole time. Uh, was sentenced to a comparably extremely light sentence of one year in probation, while others have received 17 years years in prison for their roles and some people who weren't even at the January 6th riot. They could have easily said stuff like that in the first paragraph. Mm -hmm. But instead, they have to say right-wing conspiracy theorists have attacked this poor old Ray Epps, this poor guy right here. Mm -hmm. So what do you think, Charlie? Is he an informant? I told you we're going to speculate wildly. Well, so I've always, you know, my non, my great non birthing parent (laughs) always told me that if it looks like a cat and it walks like a cat Mm -hmm. and it smells like a cat and it, it paws like a cat Mm -hmm. and it makes biscuits like a cat. Yes. Then it's a duck. All those things. It's a duck. Exactly. That's the same thing that my non birthing parent said. Yeah. Great one. Yeah. The great. Yeah. I mean, your your younger generation doesn't know that same. Mm-hmm. The, the older ones, if you had the the privilege yep. of talking to your great non birthing parents, then yeah, it quacks all the time. We don't really have to go any further into the story. I just wanted to say this is weird. Is it not weird mm. the way that they have to frame all these stories and they're so dead set on protecting this guy? Of course, and the way that they want to frame the story, yeah. and it, that is what creates, in my opinion, it creates the conspiracy theories. Like, if they would be talking about this guy like they talk about everyone else that was involved in this, then, okay, that'd be a a little bit more understandable. But the way that they have to protect him all the time, I don't know, man. Something stinks over here. The way that you have to frame it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The truth doesn't need to be framed. Just It just needs to be said. That's it. So uh, this one is a day old now, but I wanted to use this to segue into another story of who's probably going to replace Joe Biden as the uh, nominee for the Democrat Party. Uh, But a a J.P. Morgan strategist is predicting that Joe Biden's going to drop out 
of the 2024 presidential race. He must be listening to this podcast. I think he is. (laughs) I think he is. Uh, Because they're saying President Biden will eventually decide to stand down and not seek re-election this year. Citing health reasons. Yeah, a top J.P. Morgan Chase strategist predicted over the weekend. Uh, Michael, uh, probably didn't used to be his first name, who heads the market of investment strategy unit in the bank's asset management division, believes that the, not normally the people you go to for political (laughs) opinions, but... Whatever believes that the 81-year-old Biden will drop out of the race sometime between Super Tuesday and the November election, citing health reasons. Yeah, but this is important for for investments. I guess so. Yeah, they yeah. look at stuff like they that. Have to, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, when is Super Tuesday? March 5th. Okay. So between Super Tuesday and uh, the November election, our call on this podcast, which we've been saying for um, four or five months, something like that. Has been that he's going to drop out, I think. In or drop dead. One of those things. Yeah. <laughs> um, that it's going to happen in August, uh, maybe late August, or maybe early September. And the reason being is that the, uh, the, the uh, convention, the Democratic convention, is August 20th-ish, something like that. And if they wait to select Gavin Newsom, if he gets the nomination officially, if he accepts it at the convention, then if he drops out the week after, then the actual DNC gets to pick who the nominee is going to be. They don't have to do any kind of primary. Mm -mm. They don't have to ask people to come and vote or anything like that. So once he's uh, accepted the nomination, he can drop out immediately afterwards. And the people who were on the Democratic National Committee can pick who the nominee is going to be. And then they they have to get. Like what, two hundred thousand signatures per state to get him on the ballot? I'm not sure. <laughs> no, um, no, no. I think it's uh, oh, you're, just, you're talking about libertarian oh, rules. This is a Democrat rule. Yeah, they just switch it out. Yeah, it's, it's just twenty five yeah. for democracy. Okay, you know, it's two hundred thousand if you're a libertarian, <laughs> someone who's not a Republican or a Democrat. Yeah. Okay. So, not actually two hundred thousand. By the way, it's fifty six thousand in Tennessee and various state to state that's true i think texas is really bad i think uh i think new york is pretty bad with that other states are a little bit easier um is illinois bad too task warlock says illinois is bad too i would i would not doubt it whatsoever but i have seen some libertarians on the ballot in illinois i don't know what the rules are uh this brings me to uh we've said gavin newsom a lot but i'm I, i'm curious as to why michelle obama is out here talking politics so much lately uh-oh and th- this this could potentially be a, a problem because I think she actually has a better chance than Gavin Newsom at winning oh, she, if yeah. she gets thrown in late like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's out here talking. Which, him. I don't know how she could win with the patriarchy and the racism. I know it would be impossible. <laughs> You know, after as bad as this, the, this country is surely no bad. woman's going to be president just simply because of the patriarchy. I mean, hate is but as a bad woman as it's of ever color. Been. No, it's not possible. You're telling me that most people are going to vote for a woman of color. Well, I mean, if she loses, that'll be why. Yeah, for sure. No, if she runs, she'll win. I, I actually 100 percent. I think that could be the she'll beat case. Trump. She'll beat Nikki Haley. She'll beat all of them. Man. Absolutely. And you know who the most upset person is going to be about this? Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Michelle Obama did not kill herself, just so everyone knows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see what yeah. she had to say. But then also, how are they going to keep spinning the narrative? Which narrative? Of, the, of this patriarchal racist society if we elect a black woman to be our president. Well, you know Michelle Obama's actually a man anyway, so, I mean, that'll be why she gets in. Manchelle Obama. 
<laughs> That's another conspiracy theory I've seen online. Um, she will. I'm not. I can't see any way she loses. She could literally go out there and say like, whatever. She could go out there and be a libertarian and still win. I I think I think that's probably true. She could go out there. She could be like Trump and and murder someone on Fifth Avenue. (laughs) She could say that if she wins the presidency, that she would drop a (laughs) nuclear bomb on New York City. Michael Obama, (laughs) the actual name, and she would still win. Let's see what she has to say. Is there any way she loses if she runs? Or if she gets nominated by the DNC because Biden drops out. Um No, I think I think she would win. She wins. Yeah. Against anyone. I think she would. There's no one else. Like if I think Biden were fifteen years younger, I think he would win easily. I think what kills him is his age for like most people. Like most people, yeah. yeah. Um I I think what kills him is is just how clearly dementia ridden his brain is Mm -hmm. and if it weren't for that he would have a little bit more support uh so yeah i think she would probably win let's see what she had to say you know are we moving at all fast enough what are we doing about education are people gonna vote and why aren't people voting are we too stuck to our phones i mean those are the things that keep me up because you you don't have control over them and you wonder where are people where are we in this you know where are our hearts what's going to happen in this next election i am terrified about what could possibly happen because our leaders matter who we select who speaks for us who holds that bully pulpit it affects us in ways that sometimes i think people take for granted you know the fact that people think that government you know, it's, it's, it doesn't really even do anything. And I'm like, oh, my God, does government do everything for us? And we cannot take this democracy for granted. And sometimes I. I... OK, Ugh. well, there is a big problem right there is the last thing she said. Government does everything for us. By the way, she only said about 10 percent more than Kamala Harris says in an answer to a question. I mean, that was just a bunch of word salad yeah. dancing around. You know, she hardly said anything until the end mm-hmm. of that video. Um, does does government do everything for us? You people who think government doesn't do anything, you know? Yeah, another what Bailey just pointed out. She's a, she's losing sleep because this is just people voting or not. It's just something that they can't control. And she's losing sleep over this. She wishes they could control it. She wants to control the voting process. You know, keeps her up at night. The idea that Trump could be president or Biden's going to lose this. And people need to realize that government does everything for us. They have their hand in everything. And there's the problem, by the way, folks, that this doesn't have to go with this conversation. But you want an answer to all the problems that we talk about all the time. It's the fact that the government does too much stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. It's the fact that they have too much power and they are, it is too consequential who was in power. We in talk Washington. on this show all the time that if, if they didn't have that much power, it wouldn't matter who was leading. Mm-hmm. You know, it would just be another president. Yeah. That would take care of some, you know, public service duties that we need. Sign some constitutional laws, possibly. Mm-hmm. You know, negotiate with foreign dignitaries. But now that we have this bureaucratic, deep state like it becomes pretty important who the person is that's running all that because that's the executive branch that's running this and we'll talk about a part of that coming up with the department of labor here uh, later on because they're doing something that that drives me nuts but 
the the problem is the government has too much power. Even when you talk about, uh, I was I was uh, listening to someone talk about the Epstein thing and people trying to influence power and want you know taking them and filming them and then having control. Where well, the problem is that they have the power in the first place. You shouldn't be able to influence and get them be able to control them and get them to do what you yeah. want because the power shouldn't even exist. And therefore, then Epstein wouldn't exist, and then therefore, child sex slavery wouldn't exist if not for the government. You have the answer. Okay, maybe not that far, but Here's the other question. it would still exist. So why does she look so surprised? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, her eyebrows are up there. <laughs> they, 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 are. they are. Wow. I think it's her hair is pulled back really tight. That's what yeah. it is, kind of stretching, mm-hmm. stretching up her forehead. Couldn't be Botox Like, if you like pull that. back, like... This is basically like kind of what's going on. Don't I look more surprised mm, already? I don't know. Just imagine if you're getting pulled back like this. Guys, we don't understand this, but if you're like this all the time, mm. I think that's what she looks like. So it's just her hair. And you need to stop being so racist. You know, I, I would say that if she was white, I'd so, be like, wow, those eyebrows are up there. Yeah, but you would have said it in a nicer way. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. God, mm. Your Dr. Pepper cans are getting in the way over here. Okay. Of what? I'm trying to find the X over there. I got it. I got it now. I already got it, man. Okay. This brings us on to the next hot topic of the day. Jew tunnels. I <laughs> uh, saw this going. More it's, conspiracy. Well, folks, as many of you know, back in 2017, my wife and I bought a house in Nashville, Tennessee. It was a massive risk, but it's turned into a massive asset for the two of us. We spent tons of time and money remodeling and making this place our own a comfortable place to carry us into the future with our little nieces and nephews and our family coming to visit all the time. Things like this are worth protecting. And making an estate plan now means we can gain security and peace of mind for ourselves and our loved ones. With Trust and Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $159. Go to trustandwill.com slash GML for 10% off plus free document shipping. We're currently using Trust and Will's simple-to-use website to build our will. I'm amazed by how easy this website makes it to do something that's so important. Think about it. If something happens to my wife and I and we don't have a will, who gets to decide what happens to our assets? The government. Uh, no, thank you. But I don't trust them to even resurface the roads that go to my house, let alone decide what happens to my biggest asset after I'm gone. I've seen it happen with other members of my family. When they passed, they didn't have a will, and man, was it a mess for their family to get everything sorted out afterwards. I know it's not something we like to think about, but it can happen to any of us at any time. Get the peace of mind you deserve by creating your estate plan with Trust and Will, an overall rating of excellent and thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot and used by hundreds of thousands of families and counting. Secure your assets to protect your loved ones with trust and will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash GML. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash GML. Let's talk conspiracy. We're speculation Tuesday is what this is called right now. Yeah. Just going to speculate wildly. That's what most shows do. We keep, we've been talking about this a lot lately, yeah. but if we just decided that we didn't need any factual basis or evidence for anything that we talked about ever, we have a lot more fun talking about stuff. Yeah. You know, let's just speculate about now, everything. I had these little triggers in my mind saying, don't say that. Don't say, <laughs> you don't know. Don't say that. You yeah. don't know. 
And so it stops us from saying a lot of stuff. But I'd like to speculate wildly about Jew tunnels in New York. Don't talk about Noah. Um, read this story from Colin Rugg, Chuck. All right, just in, but this was overnight. Yeah. Chaos breaks out in New York City after underground tunnels were discovered under the Shabbat Lubavitch <laughs> World Headquarters. I don't speak Hebrew, so. No. yeah, It's I'm Lubavitch. Probably, Lubavitch. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Lubavitch. Chabad. Lubavitch. Lubavitch. Sorry. Uh-huh. The incident below reportedly took place to prevent a cement truck from filling the tunnels in. According to the Crown Heights info, the tunnels were made in the past six months in an effort to expand 770. Other reports suggest the tunnels were dug by yeshiva men during COVID after they were locked out of 770. The tunnel reportedly stretched from the uh, mikvah. mikvah building to the women's portion of 70, 770. wonder what they were doing. <laughs> the tunnel was discovered after someone started hearing people in his home. About 10 arrests were made after some refused to leave the tunnels, according to someone's TikTok account. Yeah. And so here's a video. <laughs> That's crazy, the guy climbing out of the sewer crates. That's, that's a Ninja Turtle if I've ever seen one. This is worse than Jan 6th. Get off that guy's curls. They probably had one rule about this tunnel. Don't make any noise. <laughs> someone made noise. Number one rule is don't talk about the tunnel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that got broken, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> clearly not part of Tunnel Club. <laughs> they broke number rules number one and two. I think they're speaking Hebrew and stuff. I can't understand it. Yeah. I don't know why they're cheering. Come Springer. <laughs> Sorry, wrong people. Okay. So that's what happened. It's the chaos breaking out in New York. We'll get into more of this on the back half of the hour and also talk about how Biden's trying to destroy the gig economy on Liberty Night and the Free Talk Live Network. Who listens to radio at night? EMTs, truck drivers, law enforcement, and many other hardworking people just like you. Buying products and services from companies just like yours. Many companies owe their success to radio. It's the engaging medium. Call 877-996-4327 or email advertise at GCNlive.com. That's advertise at GCNlive.com. 
Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. USA News, I'm Corey Myers. Winter weather making air travel difficult across the country. More than 1,200 flights are already canceled and 1,300 delayed. That's according to the tracking site FlightAware. The storm impacting airports from Houston and Chicago to New York. The FAA holding back some airlines to wait for the bad weather to pass. Today's flight disruptions follow yesterday's with more than 3,300 canceled. Donald Trump easily won the Iowa GOP caucuses, more than doubling the 24% support he received in 2016. Caucus goers ventured out in sub-zero temperatures to deliver that victory for the former president, whose 30-point win was the largest for a contested presidential caucus in modern Iowa history. This is USA News. I spend a lot of time in the garage, but even more time in the rain, sleet, and mud. In 95, I helped tow your moving trailer. In 05, I helped you get out of a ditch. Yeah, I know I'm a bit rusty, and sadly in 09, it was sparks from me, your handy chains dragging behind your truck that accidentally started a wildfire. Sparks from dragging chains can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Are you still looking for that one iodine that you can really trust? A medical doctor-endorsed product that is backed by honest research and true integrative science. Then search no further. Go to Nutramedical.com for Dr. Bill Deagle's Nutriodine, proven time and time again to be the very best iodine available for you. Nutriodine is the only Tesla-activated monatomic plasma iodine in the world. It optimizes mitochondrial function and generation of new mitochondria from totally neutralized the venom from a desert recluse spider bite in Southern California to eliminating malaria parasites reported by medical missionaries in Central India. Dr. Bill's Nutriodine is simply the most powerful healing formula there is. Nutriodine clears the body of all known pathogens, restores it to an alkaline state, and even promotes stem cell regeneration. Order Dr. Bill's Nutriodine today at 888-212-8871 or visit us online at Nutramedical.com appreciate what we do help us advertise market and promote for just five dollars a month at amp.freetalklive.com what's up y'all it's liberty at night with nate and charlie on the free talk live network 
Almost done with the show, halfway through. Let's keep it going. Let me talk to you about this weird situation going on now. We're, we're, we're libertarians. Okay, we got differing views on immigration, and a lot of people do. But did you see the story about this uh, school I see this. <clears throat> up in New York uh, where the kids were moved to, uh, uh, what do they call it when the kids learn from home? I can't, can't remember, remote, remote learning. Uh, because of the weather, but it wasn't because the kids couldn't go to school. It was because they had to move all of these immigrants uh, out of their temporary tents that they had for them out on out on this uh, airfield, I believe, and move them indoors in the school. And so the school's closed because they had to move all these people in. It's not that I hate the immigrants. You see picture, you see video of them getting off the bus, and some of them are holding children and stuff like that. There's this video of this mom who's uh, like yelling at people as they're going into the building, and she's upset. And I feel bad for her, and I also feel bad for the people that are getting off the bus at the same time because they're human beings. But, you know. Like, I'm sorry, I thought this was America. <laughs> Take it off my kids' school. Get out to sleep here tonight, huh? How long you staying? She's from Brooklyn for sure. <laughs> Staten Island. <laughs> so, I don't really agree with what she's doing, first off, because she's not yelling in Spanish. They have no idea what she's yeah. saying. She's probably she could be congratulating them for all they know. <laughs> I think people should come here. I think this is a better country than pretty much every other country. And there's a reason that people want to come here. And I and I feel bad for whatever situation it is that they're coming from. And these moms with their kids getting off a school bus, going to sleep in a gym for the night. I feel bad for them. At the same time, I wonder, I wonder how long this whole millions of people coming across the border thing is actually sustainable. I know that we have a philosophical belief in that people should be able to freely travel and they should be able to go wherever, but I wonder how long that's actually sustainable. Well, this is, but this is the problem though. People aren't, it's not like they're freely coming here and they have to like set up their own lives. The government is using stealing money from you to then house them in places that it wasn't earmarked for, let's say. Let's just even say that. Yeah. There wasn't money in the budget earmarked to house illegal immigrants in schools. They steal your money to set up schools, and the whole idea is they're going to educate your kids. But now they're repurposing these buildings. As Milton Friedman said back in the 80s, the only good immigration is illegal immigration because they didn't qualify for any government assistance back then. Back then. But now they do. But the problem is not the immigration. <laughs> It's not the people. The, it's it, the fact that the government is is trying to take care of. Look, these people would find a way to take care of themselves. They would. <clears throat> and if they didn't think that they had this option, like if, if they were like, hmm, the government may not take care of us if we cross the border. They may not cross the border yet until they can get themselves to a place where they can cross the border and take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. So... That's true. Like, if you knew that you were going to come across the border and literally... We talk about Band-Aids all the time. Literally just be homeless 
and hungry and the government wasn't going to do anything for you at all, uh, which is the way it should be because they shouldn't be stealing money from other people to take care of other people. Now, different organizations can get together and take care of people if they want to do that, but voluntarily. But if you knew that the government wasn't going to house you in a school or build a little tent city for you or take care of you in every which way, uh, then maybe you wouldn't decide to come across the border. And to, you know, what you were talking about with Milton Freeman, what he meant was that the only good immigration was illegal because people could come here, they would not qualify for benefits, but they could come and work and be productive in society. Maybe they were working, you know, uh, under the table or whatever, but they could come here and be productive in society, which is good for everyone, but then not be able to take out of the uh, system. And so that was the actual best way to do it because the system that we had, and that's just not the case anymore. You see, uh, we just talked about California, sex changes for illegal immigrants, and along with all the other health care that they provide for people in California. We say that's a California problem, but what happens when California goes belly up? You think that we just uh, break it off of the edge of the U.S. and let it float out into the sea? No, that's the, that's not what happens. The The federal government takes your money and bails them out. That's what ends up happening. And yeah. so it ends up being a national problem. But once again, aren't these people getting what they voted for, though? Well, the, maybe this lady yeah. might not be getting yeah. what she's voting for. You know, it doesn't mean that she agreed to this thing happening. She probably paid for her kids to go to school. And now she's got to, what, stay home from work tomorrow to, to take care of the kids and let them do remote learning. What I'm actually starting to, to really wonder is, do libertarians need to have, like, what's our solution for this if we, if we got in power? Because well, I don't think well, what's but, happening right now is actually sustainable for very long. And there's also problems as it uh, pertains to the census and immigrants being counted in the uh, population, which uh, controls the proportion of seats that you get, which can actually change the amount of... You're, they don't even have to vote, but you can get more congressional seats in areas where people are going, yeah. even if they're not voting. And in, in that way, Texas and Florida are doing everyone a disservice by sending people to Chicago and New York and California, because then you're potentially giving them more congressional seats. So <laughs> that, that could have been the plan all along. Yeah. You know, here's the thing about <laughs> something like this. Libertarians get a bad rap about things like this because they're like, oh, libertarians aren't compassionate. That's going to lead into this next tweet here. Oh, yeah. It's not that libertarians aren't compassionate. See, we actually care about the entire livelihood of these people. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the problem with these types of things, it's not that libertarians aren't compassionate or we don't want to help the poor and the needy. We we believe in all kinds of volunteerism and, and supporting soup kitchens and homeless shelters or whatever. There's all kinds of libertarians who actually go out in the community and do real work to help people. Here's the difference between government assistance and like compassionate volunteering assistance is for the most part, people who receive help from uh, nonprofit organizations and people who are volunteering their time and resources to help those folks out. When you get help from an organization like that, most of the time you kind of feel like you're a little bit of a burden and you kind of want to give back and you're, you're grateful for the help and all of that stuff. When you get it from the government and you, and you, maybe you help vote for it or whatever the case is. Now you feel entitled to that. Mm -hmm. You're like, this is an expectation that if I'm not doing well, 
well, I I can fall back on the government is forced to help me out. Well, there's a big incentive and, difference. A nonprofit has and, the incentive to actually help people and get them into a place in society where they don't need help anymore. And a government doesn't have that incentive because they just get more money the more people need their help. And so the nonprofit has the incentive. Well, but also for the person themselves, I'm saying the incentive, like, and I'm going back to what libertarians actually care about, which is I care about the entire livelihood of the people and their children becoming productive members of society for themselves, right? Because if you spend your whole life always needing help and everything like that, you're just always not, you're not going to feel like a very good person mm-hmm. for the most part, psychologically. You also won't have as good of a life. Right. If you are able to believe in yourself and develop skills and provide for you, there's something that inside of humans, you feel so accomplished and, and like then you can go and, and help meaning. other people mm-hmm. in need. And you can come from somewhere like, man, you know, my family crossed the border and we struggled, but we learned some things and and we built up a life and we're proud of that. And now we're in a position we can help other people. And it's not like providing assistance and helping people out is not what libertarians want to do. It's just, it has to be done in a way that is going to be best for everyone. And I get so sick of libertarians get a bad rap for this because I've never, when I spend time with libertarians for the most part, almost all of them are extremely compassionate people who volunteer their time and services at all kinds of places, especially here in the state of Tennessee. The the party spent its time going and helping the victims of the tornado and going and helping in homeless shelters and, and volunteering their time doing community service work. Uh, libertarians actually go out and live those values. Mm-hmm. We just don't believe that the government should be doing things like this. Because it's not helpful. And it's also not, and, it's not real when the government forces it. What's, what The real change in society takes place when people voluntarily decide to take it upon themselves to help other people. It's and, not, not when it's forced on other people. You want you, a, a true change in people. And if you travel the world, most people don't even want this. When you travel the world, <clears throat> I've spent time in Peru and, and other places. You spent time in uh, definitely really poor third, third world countries. And you go and talk to people in these villages. They don't want handouts. What they want is they want an opportunity to do something with their lives, to build something for themselves and their families. And that is what's actually going to be sustainable. Stuff like this isn't sustainable. It's not. It's a losing game. So when you bring it back to the immigration thing, and uh, I think where libertarians stand is that it's not the immigrants themselves are not the problem. People coming here is not the problem. It's the fact that we have all of these systems that take from all of us. And by us, I mean U.S. citizens, taxpaying citizens. I don't mean like us and them to dehumanize people or whatever. But we have all these systems that take from us uh, to take care of other people. And that's just not going to be a sustainable situation, especially with millions of people coming here every year uh, without taxes going through the roof or whatever it may be. But the problem are all of those. The problem is California deciding that they're going to use taxpayers' money stolen from the taxpayers to pay for other people's health care or the fact that they're going to, one, use all the taxpayers' money to build the school in Brooklyn or wherever it is and charge people a bunch of property taxes and stuff for the school and then tell the kids that they got to go do remote learning and the parents got to stay home and watch their kids. And then also that we're going to pay a bunch of government officials to bring all of these other people that we're paying to house and come stay in a building that all these other people are paying for. 
it's just not a sustainable situation. It's going to keep getting worse and worse. And so I don't Especially really know when you what have to do with 60% it. 60% of Americans mm-hmm. living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Credit card debts through the roof. The economy's not doing well. 60% figure by the way is Well, let's use their is figure. If, is iffy. Let's use yeah. their figure. <clears throat> right? We just got to tax the rich. I, yeah. <laughs> it's it's just yeah, that's the thing. This type of help is not sustainable, which is why most so your most uh, homeless shelters and things like that they're temporary. Mm-hmm. They're they're to help someone in need so that they don't die. Okay? And maybe this is a situation where they're trying to do something like that because it's so cold. They're like, well, these people can't be living outside. It's, like, they it's might, an emergency. We might, have to bring people they might in tonight. Die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's get them into a building where at least they'll be warm. But that's what, you know, volunteer homeless shelters, all kinds of things that they're, they're temporary situations to when someone uh, to keep someone from dying or to keep someone safe until they can get back on their own feet. And you, those programs are designed to help people get back up on their own feet to be productive members of society. Then they can turn around and contribute later on and help other people in need. And that's what we really should be doing here. Let's bring in this uh, to our conversation. This person, Sally Girl, got some traction and then she turned off uh, mentions and stuff on there because probably some libertarians were being a-holes in their responses. She said, talk to me about libertarians. They scare the S word out of me with what appears to be extreme selfishness, but maybe it's something else? Question mark. What am I missing? Why do they seem so hostile to the idea of the common good? So ex- there you go. Extreme selfishness. And she's genuinely asking. She's saying that libertarians scare her. I want to get responses in the group to what her question is. All she's saying they seem hostile to the idea of common good. Well, they, I think she has a misunderstanding of what the actual common good is. Uh, first off, here's the, here's the text from the tweet. I just posted that in the group. If anyone wants to uh, respond to it and we'll, we will read your response live on the air. Um, who's common good? Who decides what the common good is? That's one thing I want to know is it's 51% of the people decide what the common good is. Uh, the other answer is, what she mean? A lot later on in these uh, posts, she starts talking about roads and bridges and stuff like that. You know, um, libertarians believe that those things could be done better than the way that the government does them. It's not that we don't think that people should have roads. I'm pretty sure most libertarians also like driving on roads. Yeah. Okay. For the most part. But the idea is that these things could be done voluntarily and that they would be done voluntarily because they're a necessity in society. Therefore, people would voluntarily choose to do them. The common good, what are you talking about? Healthcare for all? Is that actually better for everyone that the government pays for healthcare? Is healthcare actually going to get better at that point? Maybe libertarians see the writing on the wall that healthcare wouldn't actually get better. Maybe we don't want to pay for school for everyone and have tuition-free college because that would just make college even worse at educating people and even more expensive at the same time while taking money from everyone, more and more money from everyone at the same time. And so I think what I mean is I think she has a – there's a little disconnect here on what the actual common good is and what she perceives to be the common good. Extreme selfishness means that people own themselves. It means that I have a right to my own body and to my own self and the fruits of my labor and the product of my labor. And that 
I can best determine what should be done with those things and what's best for me, that no one else has that power over me. That's a really dangerous, slippery slope, obviously, because where does that end? And so extreme selfishness is uh, the way that most people operate. A lot of people just won't uh, admit it. I'd love to have that conversation sometime uh, with someone. But, you know, you got to put your mask on before the before the person next to you, just like those people on that Alaskan Airlines flight. You want to put yours on first, because if you pass out, you can't help the person next to you. Mm. So it's actually a better way to have an even better common good for everyone. What's truly better and what sounds better to talk about. And libertarians get this, even though it's very tough to implement. There's some uh, comments in here, like, uh, going along with what you said, misrepresenting the common good for government. Um, we're hostile to government extortion um, and selfishness equals personal responsibility. I think that's a good one is libertarians believe in, in personal responsibility and taking responsibility for yourself and the people that you love. And then if everyone did that, then the society you would create would be much better mm-hmm. um, instead of you. When, cause when you create systems of common good, as we've seen throughout history, and this is, that's the other thing libertarians are really good at is history. When you see those systems develop, it's not like you get rid of selfishness. No, it's not like you get rid of selfish desires. Government, People, government officers are selfish. They want to win reelection and keep their job. And so they say what they think they need to say to keep their job. Well, not only that, but even in, in even in the common good systems, selfishness still takes place. And the people who get the most food in the bread lines are the ones who go first. And who goes first? The ones in power. Mm-hmm. So, well, they don't even have to stand in the bread lines. So they, exactly. They <laughs> bread's brought to them. Exactly. They're, <laughs> they're fed. Along with all the other foods that no one else can have. Everyone else gets the crumbs. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that's the common good there. So do you want a system set up like that, or do you want a system set up on private property, uh, profit incentive? Like, which one is the better common good? A a system where people are driven by profit incentive and private property, or a system... But Like, what's brought the most common good to humanity? Capitalism or government regulations? Which one would you say? What government program has brought more common good to humanity than someone operating within a capitalist market trying to make money. Which one is it? There probably isn't one. Well, and then I think Costco brings up a good question, which is, uh, is it selfish for libertarians to want to keep their own money? Which you is want mo- people to keep their own money. Which is more selfish for someone to keep their own stuff or for you to have a right to take someone else's stuff? Yeah, well, that's for the common good. But <laughs> even if it's for the common good. Yeah. You know? Should the American Red Cross have the right to just take $10 from everybody's cell phone and tack it onto your cell phone bill, regardless of whether or not you send that text message? And if you don't pay them, they send them with guns to the house to lock you up in an American Red Cross prison camp somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, no, that doesn't, that's not what I want. That's what we allow the government to do. Yeah. So which one is, which one is actually selfish? So anyway, the answer to her question is, we we have a disconnect, a disagreement on what the common good is and what the actual goal is. The common good comes from what libertarians, how libertarians want society to operate with private property rights, individual liberty. You will have an even better common good afterwards. So we are, in essence, pursuing the common good, but that's not the goal. I think it's Magoo that said it in here. That's not the goal. That ends up being the end point is a better common good, but it's because we're pursuing our own selfish desires or needs. 
and that ends up being better for everyone in the end. And then being allowed to freely trade Mm -hmm. those selfish ideas and needs with people and then to be able to freely help those in need, you know, to, to, and, and to not be forced into giving up resources that we know are going to be squandered. That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. We're fighting for the common good, but we, we actually care about the problem. See, libertarians understand what drives human beings, the incentive structure, the psychology of human beings, what makes them productive if you're struggling with something. It's all personal responsibility things that you have to do to get yourself into a better place. And not placing blame on other people and waiting for other people to change and blaming them and you being dependent on their actions and what their decisions. It actually, it actually brings the power back to yourself in the situation. Libertarians are fighting for the common good. Our idea of getting there is based on uh, morality and ethics Mm -hmm. and, and, actually helping people achieve what they need to achieve to be better people. Yeah. Which in turn makes a better community, which makes a better state, which makes a better nation. That's what libertarians are fighting for. That's not extreme selfishness. No, it's actually, it's actually solving the problem. And that's the problem right there as <laughs> the, what we want to do would actually solve the problem. We gave a speech God knows how many years ago now about how libertarianism was the most compassionate ideology because we're the ones who actually want to solve the problem. We actually put forward ideas that would truly solve the problem. You're worried about college being too expensive and so you want tuition-free college and you get to talk about how you're compassionate because you want to force other people to pay for college students to go to school. You might feel compassionate and other people might agree with you. Well, we want to actually solve that problem. You got to ask questions. Why is school so expensive? Why don't we have more schools? Why are people going for so many years when they could just be going to a trade school? Why did the cost of college explode when the government took over all of the loans? You got to answer those questions. And when you answer those questions and you come up with a solution from the answer to those questions, you could truly solve the problem and make college more affordable and really help people. Mm-hmm. And that's real compassion. Yeah. Not just talking about taking money from other people to help them. And actually with these folks, we probably agree on most of the problems. Yeah. Like is college too expensive? Yes. Is healthcare too expensive? Yes. Yeah. Are groceries too expensive? Yes. Has the price of housing gone up too is much? Is housing too expensive? Yes. Elizabeth Warren tweeted the other day that the the answer to the, uh, the housing crisis was simple. We just don't have enough housing supply. She was like, it's economics 101. We don't have enough supply. I was like, okay, well, why do you support every regulation that makes it harder to build a house? Yeah. Like all the time, every yeah. day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's the compassionate one because she wants to make sure no one's taking advantage of people or whatever uh, the reason may be. But these regulations end up making it way more expensive for someone to buy a house. So, yeah, once again, it's the most compassionate ideology. And uh, as libertarians, we should focus a little bit more time on explaining why and not just assume that everyone is as smart as we are. We should take, <laughs> I guess we can't reply to her anymore, but we can. No, she's got that. We could uh, quote tweet her. Yeah, we could quote tweet her with, yeah. a, with a clip. Mm-hmm. Let's this do that. episode right here. All right, let's go. But Sally, you should uh, you should join the libertarian movement. Do it. Yeah. Start 
you can you can uh, ask us questions. And by the way, there's no reason to be mean to people who ask questions like this. No, I think she's actually genuinely trying to figure out what libertarians are about. She didn't even say that they scare the s out of me with what uh, with their extreme selfishness. She so said it, it scares me with what appears to be, but maybe it's something else. She's giving the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Why do they question. seem so hostile? Not they're hostile. So don't just jump on and be. They seem hostile. Be mean to people because apparently she says later on that's why she turned the comments off because there's only 21 comments on this thing. All right, you know what time it is. It's time to get ready for Dumb Leap of the Week on with the Night. It's obvious the unthinkable continues. Most Americans know something very wrong is happening. People in charge keep telling you that everything's fine and to stop noticing, but you know better. That's why self-reliant folks are investing in emergency food storage. You should, too. My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, are the ones you can trust. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $200 on each three-month food kit you purchase. My Patriot Supply also sells solar generators, gravity-powered water filters, off-grid room heaters for when the power goes out, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your items ship that same day and arrive quickly on your doorstep in unmarked boxes. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today. Time is running out to prepare for what's coming. MyPatriotSupply.com G'day, I'm Jamel that works with Dr. Joel Wallach and the GCN team with Longevity at TeamG'day.com. By becoming an associate, you provide income for you and your family on your own hours while working from home. So contact me, Jamel, by filling in the contact box at TeamG'day.com and I will get back to you personally and provide all the support you need to get started and build your longevity business. TeamG'day.com TeamG'day.com Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. 